Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who can never resist a good butt joint joke. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right. What's up, everybody? It is show number 501. On today's show, we're talking about fixing a warped lid, vices, finish for a cedar chest, where to find screws, and Matt's wood lot. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. This month, they're giving away one of their handy material mate panel cart and shop stands, which can smoothly roll sheet. I almost said sheet rock. I'm like, wait, wrong <laughs> it show. Probably could. Guys, wrong you show. You can do it. <laughs> it could do sheet rock. Uh, sheet stock from your storage rack or vehicle to the table saw <laughs> or be used as a mobile workstation. Enter for your chance to win before May 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. And while you're there, check out their National Woodworking Month sale, which is going on right now. And all our listeners are lucky. <laughs> sure. I'm trying, all right. Matt, you're like a, you're like a little hairy anchor dragging down the shore. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole reason that I was here is to, you know, bring your head out of the clouds a little bit, bring it back I, down I to guess? earth? Yeah, that, that's what I'm slow. doing. Just pulling off for slow. dear life, pulling you down. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My voice coach says hey, I got to slow, slow down. your roll okay. there. All right. Thank, oh, I'll talk. Slower. Okay, good. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash wood talk and signing up to become a patron of the show. This episode, we'd like to thank Kyle Weeder, Weirder? No, there's no R. Weeder. Mm-mm. Keith Decent. Ryan Lehman. Noah Leach? Yitch? I don't know. Dustin Vaughn and Chris Lyons. Excellent. Say what you will about Matt. Excellent. He always nails right. the end of the song and the end of the Patreon announcement. That's that's talent right there. I'm trying. I'm trying over here. Right. Those pauses have my skill. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be good at something. <laughs> I've done it All a few right. times so, now. <laughs> Let's get to what is on the bench. 
Uh, we kind of talked about this ahead of time. This is one of those times where something you write in the show notes sounds funnier <laughs> until you're actually doing it on the show and you go, wait a minute, that's not really going to be funny. So why are we doing that? Uh, Matt and I don't have a whole lot going on. So the joke was that we, we read the Rockler circular while on the toilet. Yeah. And I don't nice. think it's funny. It was now. funnier earlier. <laughs> it would be like, if we were, if we were drunk when we wrote that, we would have an excuse. <laughs> Like why well, we thought was, that was funny at the time. Yeah, we'll just see you know, whatever. It was like five o'clock my time and four o'clock your time. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing funny about it is that we thought it was funny. So there you go. Um, but really, I personally, I don't have a whole lot going on at, at the moment uh, from the last time we recorded. So, um, Matt, if you don't have anything, Shannon, actually what do you have got going on? Shannon, I actually have something. Yeah, I Good. was I was asked to build uh, a couple of shadow boxes to uh, display some. Uh, like family heirloom uh, dishes and things like that. And uh, it was just a real quick project, literally like an hour um, for, for each of them. And I just had this moment when I finished it up and it's mitered frames, a little bit of a bead detail around it and a, like a rabbited um, piece of plywood in the back that got painted a, an accent color. And I can remember distinctly being really afraid of miters. Like that was like, that was a really tough joint to execute, you know, and you think uh, dovetails and mortise and tendons, but actually miters were always so much harder because mortise and tendons and dovetails are really not nearly as precise as a miter. When you think about it, it's just that one surface and they got to be perfect because that fourth corner is just going to look terrible otherwise. And, uh, yeah, these went together perfectly flawlessly. So it was kind of a, it was a nice moment. It was a, look at me, Look how far I've come. Um, why would pe- why was people? We're, we're proud of you, Shannon. Well, it was just like good job. Are miters really you. that tough? Ah, piece of cake. It was easy, but yeah, yeah, that was it. Funny thing, I had a uh, friend from like the video game community that Nicole and I are, are part of contact me with a question about a project that she wants to build, and it's one of those um, three sided like waterfall continuous grain tables that you would put over like an ottoman, I guess. And she sent me a picture and she's like, I, I want to do this. Am I, am I getting in over my head <laughs> for building something like this? And she's like, cause it looks pretty easy. <laughs> and I was like, the, the funny thing about this is this might be one of the, the most misunderstood forms in that sense, where you, you have this mitered continuous grain waterfall sort of style. And it's actually way harder than you would think, you know, just to get those miters perfect uh, especially if you're a novice woodworker, how you then reinforce it to understand why they need to be reinforced uh, and you can't just glue them together. How you even cut them in the first place when you're like, well, I, I'm going to go buy a saw. What, what what do I need to buy to do that? It's like, well, but is the wood even <laughs> flat yet? Yeah. Like there, there's so many layers to making that joint work. It just, when you were talking about the difficulty of miters, it reminds me why even to this day, that kind of a joint would probably get me really mad really fast. <laughs> to their credit on that particular instance, it's there's like one less variable to worry about because those miters don't have to be perfectly 90 right. because they're not, right. they're not meeting up there's with anything on side. the bottom. Yeah. So you're kind yeah. of good in that. I mean, you still have like the wood's got to be flat. The angle's got to be like straight across and no like no curve in the cut or anything. But mm-hmm. Yeah, if it ends up being like 91 degrees or 89 or whatever, doesn't really matter. If she can close the joint, it'll be fine. Yeah, good point. All right, so got a little thing here for community stuff. Uh, Lyle sent a voicemail regarding paralysis by analysis. Hey, guys. Lyle here from Bloomington, Illinois. Longtime listener, first-time caller. Thanks for knitting. 
or something. Anyway, I had two cents to add in on the paralysis by analysis discussion you guys had the other day. Um, I think that Facebook groups and online forums are a fantastic place to find really useful information so long as you know how to use them correctly. Many people incorrectly assume that you just go into a group or a forum and ask a question. This is a horrible idea because if you ask 100 woodworkers a question, you'll get 101 answers and 50 of them at least will have absolutely nothing to do with the question you asked. Mm -hmm. Just today, I saw somebody in one of the groups on Facebook say, hey guys, what kind of wood is this? And the first 10 out of 15 responses were, the kind that comes from a tree. <laughs> that joke never gets old. Two or three people said something crazy like lignum vitae. One person, one person correctly answered white oak. And this was like the white oakiest oak you've ever seen in your life. But not only was the guy right, he left like a three paragraph essay on why it is definitely white oak and how you can tell it's white oak in the future. I like Done learned that. things just reading this one comment. <laughs> you need to find that guy in your group or your forum. And whenever you have a problem or a question or you're trying to figure something out, message that dude directly. Because not only is he going to give you good information, he's going to give you stuff that is both useful and actionable in your specific circumstances. Or you could message the guys on Wood Talk and they'll make fun of your name for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. You're awesome. Thanks so much for uh, unquitting again. All right. That was the Lyle show, everybody. <laughs> Seriously. Way to go, Lyle. Well done. <laughs> Putting on his own little podcast within a podcast. I like it. Um, yeah, that uh, it's it's a good it's a good thing what he's saying um i also would say you have to exercise some caution because if you're asking questions that you don't know the answer to there are a lot of people who will give you that length of response and still yeah. be totally oh, yeah. spot on that's very true right yes. like they can sound and seem like they know what they're uh what they're talking about but then they absolutely do not they just think yeah they, they know put what on their panel for you guys like that put on their their best uh, hey we based the whole show <laughs> exactly. on that you know it's, it's always funny because when i read those comments i hear cliff clavin from cheers in my head you know hey and, and actually yeah. i did i i did leave a a, a comment on uh, the wood whisper guild group the other day about something about a piece of wood changing color or whatever and i got the response back from somebody saying oh yeah normie it's uh you know the little known fact it's cliff clavin that's Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've been known to leave a Cliff Clavin comment once or twice when it comes to identifying wood species. Guilty. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, all right. Well, we, we've got an ad to do, so let's do it. <laughs> All right. So if you if know else who has analysis by paralysis or paralysis <laughs> by know, analysis, well, whatever, you, you know, who doesn't suffer from that problem, <laughs> you know, you know where you should go if you have questions instead of going to forums or uh, these three knuckleheads on this show, uh, there are resources out there from names you can trust and people who actually know what they're talking about, like Rockler. So they have this thing. I don't know how new this is, but they're, I guess, just bringing our attention to it. So it might be new or it might just be they're letting us know about it. 
Um, you can elevate your furniture making with Rockler's Furniture Making Guide. This guide walks you through the common joinery techniques, tips for building outdoor furniture, table making tips, including a guide to buying and using epoxy, installing a Murphy bed, easy DIY updates that you can make around the house, and more. Uh, you can also choose from over 50 free woodworking plans. You could find the guide this month on the Rockler homepage or at, ready for this? I'm going to spell it out for you. W, W, W dot rockler.com slash furniture dash making dash guide. And I went there. I took a look at it. It's actually pretty cool. And they, it makes you realize when you start clicking on this, there's like six steps. Uh, step one, design your project. Step two, purchase material and hardware. You click on each one of these. And within there, you just find tons of articles, videos. Uh, they, they actually make a ton of content. And um, I'm, I'm sad to say I didn't actually realize <laughs> how much content they produce. And this is a great way to kind of organize it. Um, if you're not aware of it and go through these various steps. So I think if you're, if you're maybe new to woodworking, even if you're not uh, totally new, um, this is a great way to become aware of certain techniques and things you might not be familiar with and where they kind of fall in the hierarchy of the step-by-step process of building a piece of furniture. Yeah, it's really nice. So you guys want to go check that out. It's at rockler.com slash furniture dash making dash guide. And of course we will have the link in the show notes for you to check that out as well. Good stuff. Okay, let's get to our emails and voicemails. <clears throat> I think I'm first here. Uh, Jason wrote in, he says, uh, with the second, I guess there was a first part to this question, <laughs> <laughs> Shannon. Or I maybe I picked this there. myself. Your just, it's weird. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I like All blaming right. things on you. I apologize. So. It's my bad. Okay. <laughs> Jason says, I'm making a blanket chest out of aromatic red cedar. I know cedar is awesome for this because bugs hate the cedar. Uh, not sure if that matters, but I sme- cedar smells good. Okay. I guess he says he likes the smell of cedar. My question is how would one finish a blanket chest to preserve the benefits of the cedar? I can't imagine coating it in varnish is a good idea because wouldn't that lock out the cedar oils and smells that make cedar uh, chests attractive in the first point? Excuse me. Uh, would you finish the outside only? Is there a finish that will protect the wood, but not block the smells? Okay. So I have a limited understanding of cedar chests and things like that. So you guys feel free to chime in if, uh, if I get any of this wrong. But to my understanding, most cedar chests are not actually made out of cedar. They're just cedar lined. Um, so you have a structure. I mean, this applies to like humidors as well. Um, you have a structure that can be made of whatever. And then on the inside, there's a thin layer of cedar that makes the interior. And that's a surface that you would not want to finish. Uh, you really just want to leave it raw. You want the... Um, the smell, the odor, all that stuff that makes uh, a cedar chest what you want it to be, something that uh, repels uh, little creepy crawlies and, and maintains that smell. Um, coating it with anything, I think, is going to be problematic and probably work against you in that way. Um, but you don't have to finish it um, if you're worried about balance with finish, you know, not finishing the interior of something, uh, the same as the exterior. You don't really have to worry about that if it's a liner. Everything is already finished, and you just have this liner on the inside. Um, that, that gives it the effect that you need it to have. So that's my understanding of cedar chests. I don't know if any of that doesn't gel with what you guys know about them. I think I've actually seen some cedar chests where just the floor is made out of cedar. So like the case itself is whatever mahogany, cherry, whatever. And then like they'll put individual like tongue and groove boards sitting on like a ledger strip on the bottom and that's made out of cedar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sufficient because it's just, it's the resin that the bugs don't like and that smells. So it like fills the chest. 
I guess, off gases and fills the chest and it protects everything that's <laughs> in it. And an enclosed space like that, you got to imagine you don't really need much more than, right. than the yeah. bottom, right? Maybe even overwhelming if the hundred percent of the interior is cedar. But oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> to me, it would be, I mean, I've smelled cedar chests. I know what it smells like. I don't particularly like love the smell, but I understand it. <laughs> I know why people do it. Um, but yeah, that well, would be at least the bugs stay away from you when you take out that sweater and put it on, you know, for you, so you're like bug free for like a week as you walk that's around true. with it. That's very <laughs> true. Well, what do you do with, and that's like serious question. If I guess, even if you like the smell of cedar, you may not want to go like walking around <laughs> smelling like it. So do you take them out of the cedar chest and wash them first and then wear them and then put them back into the cedar chest? Or do people just walk around smelling like cedar? I don't know. I, I don't know nothing about this stuff. If you have a cedar chest, do you walk around and just say that's my new cologne? Um, or <laughs> do you wash those things? Before I'm a lumberjack. What are you talking about? That's how I always smell. I like him because he smells like cedar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting question. Let us know. Okay. Okay. Who's Les next? wrote in. He has a bunch of um, of wood that he pulled out of a out of a bog, I think or a river or something in Northern Michigan. So sinker mm. type stuff. And he used oh, cool. it to build a, a trunk. So he says, I made a trunk patterned after an immigrant trunk belonging to my ancestors. It was my first trunk build, hand cut dovetails, et cetera. And we kept it in the house holding blankets and such. And time, the lid warped lifting up in a front corner. I put it in my garage on a shelf intending to repair it, but it sat for the winter. By January, I noticed the lid had settled down and was level. By warm weather, I checked it and it had warped out of level again. You may have guessed that I left it on the shelf. It is now 10 degrees this week and it has leveled out again. Advice on repair. Uh, it sounds like you figured it out. Just, just leave it on the shelf and you're fine. It's all good. It's self-repairing. This, this is one of those things where <laughs> I mean, obviously not knowing the design of the trunk. Um, it just sounds like he's got probably a, a single panel or at least a glued up panel that's on the top. This is a perfect example for something like breadboards. If you look at a lot of blanket chests, they will tend to have breadboards. Another example would be like a fall front desk, that lid that is not actually secured. It's only secured in one spot where the hinges are, or, you know, on that one edge where the hinges are. And the front is left just hanging out there. And if you don't have some sort of other, um, stability device, like a breadboard in, or like battens that are attached on the underside of the lid, there's nothing that's going to keep that thing flat. Like, I don't care how much acclimation, how stable, how well dried, how stable the species is. It doesn't matter. It's going to change unless you've got like a perfect climate controlled situation that it's in all the time, all year round, you got to have something. So, um, depending upon the design, like breadboards may not mesh with it. So that's where putting like a batten underneath on the inside of the lid would be a good idea. Um, you can get real fancy and use like a sliding dovetail, like a blind sliding dovetail from the back, or you can just screw it in place. You know, as long as you've got that cross grain there with some like elongated holes to allow the expansion and contraction, but you're, you're restraining the board from curling up and, and warping, but you are, um, I should say you're, you're not restricting the movement, but you're restraining it and keeping it flat with those battens underneath. That would be my suggestion. Hmm. You think any kind of hardware, you know how some of those like ball catch, uh, yeah. hardware things, if you get a really yeah. sturdy one, 
I mean, if we're talking about a or minor amount of movement, lock, put a so lock on like, it and just leave the key in the locks. Not like you're trying to keep it locked up. Yeah. But, yeah. but the other oh, thing, really? the, yeah, the just, problem, well, the ball catch thing might work, but the problem with a lock is if the lid does warp, it can jam the lock and you'll never get it unlocked without <laughs> like drilling out the mechanism. Yeah. So like the blanket True. chest that I made recently, I made sure to put breadboards on it because I had a lock. So the lock was actually technically holding it in place, but if it curled at just the corners, that might still jam the lock. So I think if you were to use the ball mm -hmm. catch, you'd probably want to have like one at each corner. Because again, that, you know, with that's, that's why we put breadboards, right? Because the ingrain is where the most moisture transfer is happening. And I don't know, it might, it might work or it might just curl up anyway. Mm. And, <laughs> but at least you could push down, just try true. to re-engage the ball catches and then walk away from it. You know, if it pops open five minutes later, right. you didn't see that happen. So it's still flat. Let's uh, clamp it down. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, well, I guess it's me again. Um, Suan, Suan. S-U-A-N is the person who asked this question. What is the best item to use when cleaning and polishing furniture? Tongue oil, petroleum products? I'm going to say neither of those. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, very bullish maybe on this. Other people may feel differently. So this is something you ask around. You'll find different answers. I, I used to work at a place where uh, we did refinishing and all they would recommend is a lemon oil product for maintaining furniture. For me personally, I use nothing but a slightly damped, uh, dampened microfiber cloth. All I want to do is get the dust off. Most of the time furniture, I mean, unless you're talking about a kitchen table or something, which is a different situation, it just needs to be dusted. So I don't actually agree with putting further like greasy products on top of it, waxy, greasy products on top of the furniture. The finishes we apply are generally good enough to almost, you know, be, unless it's something that needs to be renewed. Um, they're fine. They do fine on their own. I don't know why we feel the need to put something else on top of it to polish it. If you're using the polish or the wax because you like that it gets it makes it a little bit shinier, well, you probably should have used the shinier finish to begin with, and it would have been fine. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but the only thing I'll do is grab one of those microfiber cleaning cloths, get it so it's a little bit damp, and then wipe the surface down with water, and that's it. Very light. I'm not drenching it or anything just enough that it sticks the dust, like the dust will stick to it, and you can wipe it off that way. That's what I do. Do you guys have any other different routines for, you know, your interior wood furniture? Nope. <laughs> Swiffer. Yeah, pretty much. Swiffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, just I just don't dusting see it. it. I mean, you're not really. Yeah. A, like you said, a good the kitchen in the table. first place is going to be fine. You shouldn't need to polish it if the finish itself yeah. was applied well and it's durable and all that stuff. Yeah. As a kid, I remember growing up and the whole process of cleaning the house was, you know, there's specific things that I just remember that are burned into my brain. Of course, you know, vacuuming, that's obvious, um, but getting the can of end dust. Mm -hmm. And it was actually one of my favorite things to do is to use the end dust on the table. And it, we're talking about what is probably a plywood table. I'm lucky. <laughs> we're, we're lucky if the top was actually even wood veneer. It probably was some kind of like plastic print or something, but we had to use end dust or pledge on it. And I just think about that going like, yeah, but Windex would have worked too, or just water. Like you didn't need this particular, like, oh, I guess it's the lemon scent that, that makes you know that it's really doing its job. Um, but yeah, especially now, I just, I, I just can't imagine putting anything greasy or waxy uh, on top of a finish that I spent a lot of time making look a certain way. I have a similar memory so. with that because we had a pledge in the house to clean the stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I was, uh, I was repeatedly told not to spray it on the floor, the wood floors, because it makes the floor really, really slippery. Right. So yeah. what would I do? Yeah, spray on the floor so that I could like put my socks on and go yeah. sliding. Heck yeah. I mean, you, you, you're yeah. going and you hit the, the slick spot and all of a sudden you're like flying. Oh, oh man. Did you ever get um, like a little bit of wax paper and rub that on your socks and then go on a wood floor? <laughs> See, we should have been friends a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's not too late, Matt. I, I'm pretty sure you have wood floors and, and, and feet and wax paper. <laughs> and you still have feet. So go give it a shot. Teach your kids something oh, great. new. Lindsay's gonna be like Lindsay will not allowed to talk to Mark anymore. That's it. I'm gonna be looking for Lindsay stories on this. I can't wait for this. <laughs> just be Lindsay will be talking about something else and you'll see this kid shoot by in the background. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> And then like back right after yeah. us. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. All right. I think you're right. Uh, this is from Bill. I think he addressed it to Shannon, but I'm going to take it anyway. Uh, he's looking for a good me? deal on brass slide screws for hinges and such. I don't know. It's this, I pasted it just like this. <laughs> Shannon in quotes and looking. I'm, I'm whatever. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's looking for screws for uh, like small brass slotted screws. The ones he's seeing are like 29 cents to 40 cents a piece. So a couple of uh, options for you. I got a McMaster car here. Uh, there's like a, I think the most of them are like in a hundred pack for like $12 or something like that. And you can get whatever length you want. So you can get um, different sizes, like a number of different numbers and, and what have you. And those are all going to be your slotted heads. So fancy slotted heads. Everybody loves and then you also have, I put Horton Brasses in here if you're looking for like the different finish options for the screws too, because the ones from McMaster is going to be your standard polished brass. And um, if you want to have like a more antiqued look, Horton Brasses will have that. And then of course the folks over at Rockler, Rockler Woodworking and Hardware, it's hardware in the name, they got screws too. So lots of options to get screws. I'm looking at them right Whatever now. Whatever size you want. Yeah, I'm actually Center line I'm looking at them right now. I had no idea screws. that they had this many screws. All <laughs> All kinds of screws, yeah. F like 50 packs for like nine yep. bucks. There you go. Most of these are nine dollars. It's a good price. All right, Stock there up. You go. Rockler. Rockler always coming in clutch. Oh, come on, Get the clutch. <laughs> Where am I? Where, why am I here? Why do I keep doing this? <laughs> why do I do this to myself? I quit for a reason, you guys. Uh, not a good you. one. No, apparently not. No. I got to say the last time I went to a Rockler store, cause there isn't one local, it was up in Portland, Maine. And I walked out with a whole bunch of screws, just being able to go to a, like a physical place and buy quality screws was mm -hmm. such a nice change for me. In fact, I think I was yeah. just using those screws like in my shop today. There we go. Nice. Shows you how many screws I use. Cause I think the last time I went to that Rockler <laughs> store was about four years ago. I still have those screws yeah. still working my way through that hundred pack or whatever. You bought a, a dozen, which was a lifetime supply. Yeah. I don't use a lot of screws. <laughs> All right. This is a question from John. He says, I have a question about vices. What are the main differences between the different types of vices like tail versus leg, et cetera? I don't have a good vice on my bench and I want to look at adding one, but I don't want to read a salesman's pitch for what the differences are. <laughs> In other words, well, I don't want to do any work. I just want you to tell me what it is I should get. So well, hold on. How many salesmen are out there pitching vices? <laughs> Got a great vice here for you. <laughs> hey man, check it out now. Get hold everything. It opens his trench coat. It's got a couple That's of what I was thinking was in the trench coat. <laughs> got some hey, you, you want to buy a vice? 
Wow. Jihad Vice is here. Yeah. So, um, certainly, <laughs> there, there's a bit of a theme here since Rockler's a sponsor. You can go to Rockler, type Vice into the search end of things, and you'll find a whole lot of different vices. More importantly, you're going to find tail vices and twin screw vices, um, front vices, etc. The thing is, you need to have an understanding of what it is you actually want to use the vice for. Personally, I think the leg vice is probably the best option for most people. It covers the most things. It does great for edge work. You know, you can do um, just about any joinery you want can cut on uh, a leg vice. But if what you're talking about is I need something to hold surface stuff, well, a leg vice is not a good idea. So, then you're talking about, you know, in vices and tail vices and wagon vices, and it's a totally different beast. So you do need to have an understanding of what you're trying to do. I don't think you can just have one vice to, to solve all your problems. Now, it may be that you don't do that much service work and something like just a bench stop or a bench hook or a bench cookie. Rockler bench cookie, bench cookie. <laughs> will be, be sufficient for you. Um, you know, for somebody like me that does a lot of hand work, I do a lot of surface work, you know, on the, on the flat of the bench. I use bench hooks for that. Mostly I have a, a wagon vice or an in vice, um, on my bench and I never use the thing anymore because I use a bench stop for that. For joinery, it's some sort of face vice. In my case, I happen to like a leg vice. Honestly, the best treatment for this was Christopher Schwartz's blue workbench book the first one. Um, he has a whole chapter in there on the different types of vices, what they're best at, what they're kind of good at and what they're not good at. And he's got like a whole chart laid out of, you know, here are the various vices. Cause I remember when I built my Rubo workbench, I, I literally went through that list and was trying to find the right combination of vices to solve all of my problems. You know, it was typical <laughs> overthinking building a bench, but I mean, it was all there. It, it showed you exactly what was good at the, the test is always the, the door, like entry door, interior door, whatever test. Can you work the face? Can you work the edge? Can you work the end? Do you have the work holding in order to do those three operations? Then you can do anything, but that may just be unrealistic because you, <laughs> you may can not do anything you, know, you want, <laughs> anything you want you could be anything. You're <laughs> special. So that would be what I would say, John leg vice would be my number one recommendation for most people, but a lot of it depends on what you're talking about. If it's, you're looking for fit for surface work, there's a whole other stuff. If you do a lot of wide dovetail stuff, a twin screw vice is going to be the best option. You kind of have to have an understanding of what the vices are good at and how that factors into what you do in order to answer that question. Yeah. And I'm going to second the recommendation for Schwartz's book. It was a game changer for me. Absolutely. Um, like I would look at a workbench and just assume because I don't know, uh, Frank Klaus is using that. That's the one that I need. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily understand like what everything does. And that book does such a good job of laying out what the functions are that a workbench is like used for and how the different, um, elements, uh, apply to that. And this is also why the Rubo became so popular because it was really shown to be a clean slate that you could do almost anything to. And there's always some way to address a work holding need. Uh, just the way it was presented in that book was fantastic. So we, we should probably put that link in the show notes. This is probably one of the, I would put it in my top five books that I think every woodworker should read. Um, so you're not wasting your time building a bench with stuff that is either redundant or maybe just the wrong kind of work holding for you. That's smart. I see Shannon typing in Shores workbench, workbench book, book link. link. Good. There you go. <laughs> Just so I remember to do it. 
<clears throat> there you go. The question we, is, we can you get one? that book at Rockler? I don't know. If you can get it at Rockler, I'll oh. put the link for Rockler. <laughs> oh. I'm not looking right now. Mm, I don't know. I'm checking. If not, I don't they should have it. Nope. What? What? Nope. All right. Lost Art Press. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I don't think my book's at Rockler either. What? Really? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's not. What are they doing? Are they pushing a lot of books these days? I haven't, I, um, I haven't looked at the book section in a store. They have books there <clears throat> still. I know they have yeah. books, but I don't like, is it something they're, you know, pushing or not? Yeah. It's a, it's a store full of products. That it is. Great observation. <laughs> if, 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 you had a, if you had an audiobook version of your book, you know, read by Matt, yeah. it, it would be. Oh there, my God. Can we please do that? <laughs> have you ever want like that? How incredible would that be? <laughs> Pretty awful. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So incredibly awesome. So awesomely incredible. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. I might just do that. Okay. <laughs> do it. And then like, I don't know, figure out some way to like cut you in on the royalties or something. I don't know. Alrighty. <laughs> I won't do that. I've got time for that. All right. <laughs> please, please no. don't. Don't worry about it. It's not happening. I got other things to do. Uh all right. This is from Pat. Good day, guys. Appreciate the time and effort you put into doing the show. And thanks to Rockler for the sponsorship. Thank you. I know Matt has a plate full of stuff going on with the old and new houses and workshops. Not for long. Oh, finally. But wondering how the planning for and selection of trees for the new woodlot is going. I'll never live long enough to see the harvest. But very interested <laughs> oh in the process. Oh, my God. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> wow. Jeez, bring it down the show. <laughs> Oh man! So we've we talked about my my plans here for my uh, my arboretum a, f- a few times, I think now. Um, so it's it's specifically an arboretum and not like a woodlot. So like a woodlot, the intention is it the tree take the trees to maturity and then cut them down, turn them to lumber. The arboretum's I guess goal is to have a continuous collection of trees in various stages of their development that uh, exist. So I guess the end goal is not really lumber production. The end goal is just like to look at them alive and not so much dead, mm-hmm. but understanding the fact that trees. Because Max and JR are going to be cutting those suckers down in like 80 years. <laughs> as soon as I'm dead. <laughs> Let's cash in on dad's money. Get these trees, do something with them. So they're going to be one of those people on Facebook selling a $10,000 log. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, that's better in, be in their front yard. <laughs> Chop it down yourself. It's yeah. by all the power lines. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you pay us. Uh, so the, the, uh, I guess the overall thing with it is uh, I haven't had as much time as I was hoping to have at this point, but I did receive my first, uh, shipment of trees. Uh, very, very generous viewer from Pennsylvania named Greg sent me a, like several bare root trees, uh, last week. And, uh, what do I got? Like it's, but it's stuff that doesn't really grow here, which is exciting for me. So I got some pawpaw and uh, huh. some Osage orange and something else. I can't recall off the top of my head, but I, th- I think he sent, I don't know, like 10 or 15 trees. So somewhere nice. around there. Jeez. So look at those you. Are, those are going to get planted here and we'll get kind of started with that. But I haven't had like the mental capacity to kind of figure out things a whole lot. So at this point, those 
those trees are still pretty small that he sent. They're maybe like 12 to 16 inches tall. So they're going to get potted. I'm going to start them in pots here probably for a year or two. And then they'll go into the ground wherever they end up getting laid out. Because the other thing I want to do is kind of think into the future with the layout of it and have it be yeah, and conducive to like walking through on some kind of pathway or something. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to do like, like, like a landscape plan <laughs> more than anything for it. And then fill it with uh, different species that either grow here or, or don't grow here normally, but may somehow survive here because this is kind of a colder climate. So uh, forgive the question as someone who has lived in Arizona and then Denver, very dry places. Do you like have to set up some kind of irrigation for this stuff or does it naturally get enough water? I guess it would depend on the species. Like if you're trying to grow something that requires living next to a swamp, then probably. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. But, so you have a nice row of palm trees in there. Generally. Too? No, <laughs> <laughs> They'll do they well. just grow natural like any other tree. Yeah. Little bamboo. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, that sounds interesting, man. I can't wait to see uh, the stories you make when you're 70 walking through your, right? your arboretum. That's, that's awesome. That's exactly what I'm, I'm thinking. Like, cause even now I'm like, Oh, if it takes me a year or two to figure out the plan and get it going, it's not really that big of a thing. in in the sense of like, I'm looking like 50 years in the future here. Yeah. So what wood walks with old Matt? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be some cranky old Matt guy. Who's that there's, tree there's, I planted? There's your YouTube channel right there. <laughs> God. I wonder years so, from now, let's hope YouTube's not still a thing. As, as an aside, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like long term for me, like when I'm that age, am I still going to be making videos on the internet? And like, I would just. Yeah, you're going to be on TikTok humping trees. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, what else are you going to do? <laughs> trees need loving too, all right? <laughs> yeah, they do. Of course. Hugging, that's. Ugh. That's uh, that's 1990s. Oh, oh, yeah. That, trying to stay <laughs> hip, you know, kids yeah. these days don't hug trees anymore. They get a little more intimate. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, I just can't get that visual out of my head. Don't just don't do it. <laughs> Keep it in there. I have to go sleep with that. Keep it, but it's your special place to go to now. <sighs> OK, well, on that note, I think we're pretty much done <laughs> with this show. Uh, remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. I'm not sure the pride is reciprocated at this point, but it <laughs> is what it anymore. is. Contract was signed. Done deal. Family owned since 1954. <laughs> Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. And even those little brass screws that you can get for like nine bucks. Good stuff. Uh, whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash WOODTALK to enter to win. God, I didn't copy the thing over the cart, again. The, the, the cart ma- thing. The Material Mate, I just want to get the name right. Uh, material Mate Panel Cart and Shop Stands. Um, so you have again till May 1st to get your chance to win. And you're all right. winners in our eyes. That's right. Every one of them. That's, that's, what, rise. that's what Matt's walks through the Arboretum will be about. Just, you'll still be, li- still be listing off Patreon names and getting them wrong. Today yes. I want to fake will, these yes. four people. He's going to name every tree after an incorrectly pronounced name. There we go. From Patreon. That might be the new, like a new Patreon level. You get your, yeah. your tree name out there. Get your there tree you name. You know, it'd be like a, you know, a, a little hand carved sign stuck in a little plaque. Adopt a tree. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
That, that's actually got some legs to it, Matt. You should think about that. I'm anyway, thinking about it now. <laughs> we thank you for your questions. This show would be really bad if we didn't have some sort of questions. <laughs> Just moderately bad. Somewhat on topic. Because you see what happens say when we don't have questions guiding us. Things go off the rails quickly. So thank you for sending those questions. Please go to woodtalkshow.com or send us emails to woodtalkshow at gmail.com or find us at woodtalkshow on Instagram or even Facebook and send questions we'll talk about them yeah and we will go off on tangents from them we promise we sure will and hey just a quick shout out to margaret just want to thank her for doing great work and uh doing all of our social media stuff so um if you see anything on social media i mean it might be me but most of the time it's margaret <laughs> right the channel is actually worth following now there's like good stuff there good interaction good conversations uh, she's a good conversation starter so uh thank you margaret for doing You're that. awesome and uh, yeah i guess we will catch you next time We'll still Bye-bye. be here. We'll see you next time on we'll Matt's Walks in the Forest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As a major research institution, Arizona State University offers the most online bachelor's degree programs, along with world-class faculty and dedicated support. Discover why ASU is ranked number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Tap to learn more.